Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Wow, do you want to get this over with quickly today? I feel no, like I you might. I didn't want you stepping all over me like you always do. My name is Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram Aaron underscore Dugan. Andy Staples will be our guest today on the show. Very opinionated, very well sourced, lots of good things to say about playoff expansion. We talked about it a little bit last week with Tony Barnhart. We are going to get to even more of that this week because, I don't know, Aaron, about like two, three o'clock in the afternoon, the day we published our show, some news broke that there's going to be playoff expansion. And Andy Staples will give you the actual, real, unfiltered version, as he always does, of what's going to happen, what how he feels about it. You guys interrupt each other a lot. I actually kind of enjoyed watching it because the only two people that can actually cut the other one off and get the other one to stop talking is you for each other. I've never seen people succeed in cutting either of you off and making either of you stop talking. So it was... It's impressive in a lot of ways. Not only is it enlightening about the future of college football and the playoff situation, but you get to see something you've never seen, which is you and Andy Staples get interrupted. We have worked a lot together in the past, so <laughs> it, I guess it comes naturally. Uh, it's married, practice, too, yeah. Yeah, married couples and podcast and radio hosts. They just they just know how to do that to each other. It's um, special. So we'll do that. And then you and I hung out this weekend, not really like on purpose, uh, <laughs> and sweated a lot at a baseball game. So we'll get to that a little bit later on as our alma maters are advancing to Omaha, which is kind of cool. So we'll get to that a little bit later on as well. I know you've got some questions about athlete compensation and stuff, so we'll do that. But Fringe Element is brought to you by... Jaspers, the ice cube when all you needed was an ice cube. Not your best effort, um, but still pretty funny, actually. Even when you don't do well, Aaron, you do well. Um. <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm just give me one more go at it. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. Um, <laughs> Jasper's the yellow lines. I'm looking at the yellow lines on the street and was going to try to make a reference of how Jasper's keeps you on track but it just feels like a huge stretch and I can't do it. Like Jasper's the median between you and, and unhappiness. Jasper's the on-ramp to digestive satisfaction. Wow. See, you get time to think about it and that's, what's not fair about it. I don't have any time to think about that. <laughs> you said the yellow line and I just went with it. Go to Jasper's. Everybody. Jasper's the fertile soil of your emotional garden. That one sounded planned. That that was so good. That sounded scripted. I was looking at the succulent pot in front of me. Nice. It's not a saltwater cactus. It's a freshwater cactus. It's different. <laughs> good luck editing that part. Go Touché. to Jasper's. I'm, I'm not editing it at all. Go to Jasper's. I hate free, that for me. Free parking. Great happy hour. The weekly rundown is all over the website. Go check that out. You get great deals. Burger and a dog on Thursdays. For 10 bucks, you got the bubbles in rosé for five bucks. Take the wife, take the girlfriend. Don't tell them you're going to Jasper's on Wednesdays because the bubbles in rosé are cheap, but like you can anyway. Uh, they've got something for everybody almost every single day of the week. So go check out the menu and the parking and the food. If we're feeling froggy on Thursday, should we go? Because I haven't been for the Thursday special yet. If we're feeling froggy and up for it, let's go to Jasper's on Thursday 
and voluntarily hang out for an extra hour in the week, which I know is unlike us. <laughs> and and celebrate the, the release of this week's Fringe Element podcast. I mean, what better thing to celebrate? <laughs> Truly. Please rate, please rate, review, and subscribe. Share the show. <laughs> um, we will get to Andy Staples in just a minute. However, go to Jasper's. However, um, we do have a playoff expansion release that is pretty official. Um, this was released by the working committee. I'm not going to get into the details of the four-person working committee that's going to then... This is just a recommendation for like the larger committee. Then that committee is going to come up with another recommendation. And then that recommendation is going to be given to the presidents. And then they'll make a decision probably in September sometime. So this is all just sort of as we go. But it's a lot of details. 12-team um, playoff. First four get a bye. Five through eight would host teams um, nine through 12. And... You get those those games would be on first round games would be on campus. Uh, the the top six conference champions, the top ranked six conference champions would get in. No conference champion is guaranteed a slot, but the top six would get in. So that's basically the power five plus one. And a group of five, yeah. Yeah, plus one. I it's very unlikely you're gonna get more than one group of five in, but I guess it's possible. Um, well, just the, the possibility is at least gives people, you know, some sense of promise so i think that's it's not a bad thing yeah i think the idea is is to eliminate any like six and six team that like pulls some crazy upset in the championship game and wins a conference title that's largely undeserving you know it's trying to keep that team out of the playoff which i think is a is a good is a, is a sound strategy cotton um so then you've got uh no a six at large bids no no conference is limited to number of teams they have um it, it's it's fairly straightforward with the exception of the neutral sites which will take place essentially every round except for the first round so even if you get a first round by you still have to go on the road to a neutral site which is dumbest thing in the world why um, do you think that is braden <laughs> i'm trying to remain calm during this portion of the podcast, Aaron, and that question that you That's just okay. asked we'll let you get fired up in a minute is not going to keep me calm. It's going to, make okay. I want you to be calm. There's a, yeah. And I understand why it makes your blood boil and we'll get to that. So I'll let you get, I'll let you get mad I'm later already, than right now. I'm already sweating. So thank you. Um, uh, Notre Dame, if they are the top four team, they don't get a buy. They're not eligible because they don't play in a conference championship game. So they would be kicked down to five. The first four have to be conference champions to get a bye week. So like Alabama, the year that they both went, Georgia and Bama, like Alabama would not have been one of the top four teams, even though they were one of the top four teams and eventual champion, they would have been kicked down a spot to five. And so like, there's still some like quirky weirdness to it, but it does expand and create so many more meaningful games throughout the regular season. It gives so many more teams an opportunity to get in. Uh, and if you look at over the last seven years, who would have gotten in from the SEC, you're talking about more than half the league. I mean, it, it's it's Alabama, LSU, Texas A&M, Florida, Georgia, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State would have both gotten in mm -hmm. in 14 and 15. Um, of course, Tennessee would not have, <laughs> but it does give an opportunity to schools like South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, and Arkansas. It, it gives. I'm assuming Tennessee, when they're good, can get in. It 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 does allow them the opportunity, more space and freedom to maybe get in, you know, that, that 11, 10 win Kentucky team would have been really close to fighting for a playoff spot. And so right. it, it does open up the field a whole lot. I, I don't know. What'd you think? Good or good or bad. You like it? The first thing I'll say is it's crazy how quickly things can happen when 
collegiate sports or I guess any sports organization at large really wants it to happen quickly. So it's, we weren't expecting it this quickly, especially laid out in detail how it was. So um, crazy how quickly things get done when you want them to get done. But if it was going, if we're going to have a playoff, we're going to expand, which now you and I have both had a semi change of heart and mine really comes from the fact that I could see the benefit for players and for schools um, to do this, which and that all comes and is dependent upon name, image, and likeness, players being compensated for the extra games that they're playing, for their work, for you know something they should have been compensated for for a long time. So that's the only reason I can get on board with the playoff expansion in general. And I think if you're going to do it, 12 makes sense. I like the idea of you know, leaving, you know, the group of five team having a chance, but obviously potentially more than one, although that would be difficult to do. Um, and, and the fact that the last six is, are really up for grabs um, makes it really interesting. Um, I think, you know, Andy will bring up some good points about, you know, maybe why things are happening and, and if they're happening this way, when they would potentially change um, down the down the line. But I think if we're going to do it, this is the way to do it. Fantastic. I'd like them to cut a game, but you and I differ on that. I don't I don't necessarily disagree with you on that. I, I think if you are going to, and Andy will point this out, if you're going to compensate them, you sort of can ask them to do kind of whatever they want to do. And and so if you're going to compensate them and, and, and not just through name, image, and likeness, but maybe through playoff appearance money, which is an idea that Andy broaches in, in our conversation, then I think um, I feel less you know, the safety is still an issue, but the, the players sort of have the freedom and the right to decide, you know, when and where they want to play, especially if they're getting compensated. So that that's a, it's, it's a little bit more of a gray area with me. I, I could see it both ways. I'm okay on both sides of it. I, Can we hang there for a second? Sure. Go for it. Because I would say that in some ways, yes, but I also think that as a larger organization, you have to take extra measures to protect people when they necessarily wouldn't protect themselves. I understand that, you know, more is put in their hands when they have money and they can make decisions, but you're also a, a team and a school's, you know, dependence upon a player can drive them to do things that aren't necessarily good for their own physical or mental or emotional health. So I do think that there needs to be a cap on what you even allow players the option to do in terms of putting themselves in jeopardy, because there's a lot of things, you know, think players thinking about, you know, money, family, all that stuff would maybe drive them to push themselves past, past a point that is healthy. So I think as an organization, you still have to put parameters on it. You can't just say, Oh, you're getting paid. You get to pick. You still have to keep it safe. So no, just I, throwing that out there. Sure. No, I totally agree. Uh, there are 12,000, division one college football players. And if we're asking 200 of them to play one more game, then we've, we're already asking them to, but you're going to make any amount of money you want for name, image, and likeness, and you're going to get an appearance fee. So we're going to, we're going to add a game or two and you're going to get compensated or you can keep it as is today and not get anything. I don't know. I feel like at least that's progress. Does that make sense? For sure. I think the progress is, you know, happened, you know, a very, very late of when it should have happened, but it's happening quickly. So yes, it is. So I, I we can all appreciate that. We definitely will never disagree on protecting players. We feel the same about that. Yeah. And I, 
my biggest concern is, is the, the, the players in all of this. And so we sort of have to operate, let, let yourself get excited about the new system under the assumption that people will take care of the players, that we will find a way to, to make sure that, that we're, that they are, you know, they're getting theirs, right? Like, let's just make sure that they're mm-hmm. taken care of. And um, then you can allow yourself to get super excited about all kinds of games that are so much more meaningful. And if you're a, and so here, here's the question for SEC fans before we get to Andy real quickly. And that is, well, why is this good for the SEC? Well, it's pretty obvious when it, the bigger the playoff, the more teams you can have get in. But it's it's better for the SEC in general because while it's it, it looks better for the group of five, it looks better for the other conferences, in particular the Pac-12 and the Big 12 that haven't been getting into the playoff. It, it helps all of the TV partners and all this other stuff. Like It helps everybody around the SEC. But that also helps the SEC because then the rising tide raises all boats. And the more interest in the sport means more people are watching, which means the SEC can charge more, which means they're making more from their television partners. And oh, by the way, there's six at-large bids now, which means you could go try to take four or five of those if you want to, if you're the SEC. Just just go, go, go take as many as you want. There's only four at-large spots right now. Now there's going to be six and an automatic spot potentially. So in theory, seven SEC teams could make the playoff. I mean, A, you use one of my favorite phrases of all time. A rising tide raises all ships. It's good. Do you get that from me? No. You won't ever admit it if you did. No, I would admit it if I got it from you. You would? Yeah, I've been around the earth a lot longer than you. So I've heard... A lot. Very, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've, You're really I've, not that much older than me. I've heard very, <laughs> I've heard very common phrases more often than you. That's you know what true. I you know what I you know what I do give you credit for and I've never heard before? What? The freshwater cactus of the city. That one's you. All you F off, Braden. You put me under a lot of pressure each week, and I have to come up with things. And I don't know. I told you that I have this weird ability to block out preparation to I'm that particular segment. It surprises me every time. I I, I don't know. Anyways. You want to go to um, Andy? We done? You got any more questions? You want to go to Andy? <laughs> no, no, I think we're good. Let's go to Andy. More playoff spots means more good football games, which means more chances for SEC teams to be in meaningful games and to make the playoff. That's all you need to know. Yeah, and maybe spread some talent right. out. So let's talk to Andy and have him enlighten us because he's extremely entertaining, high energy, and listen to Braden and uh, Andy cut each other off because it's funny. I'm not sure if that's selling the interview, but we'll see. Uh, all right, when we come back, Andy Staples of The Athletic. Andy, always a pleasure to see you, my friend. How are you, buddy? I'm wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. We Off air, we're talking about the correct temperature to cook a steak, which is barely. <laughs> right. Walk it through the kitchen. Uh, I would like it uh, kicking and screaming when it hits the plate, please. <laughs> yeah, if it's still mooing a little, it's not the end of the yeah. world. Yeah. All right. So we're, we're joking and we're jovial and we're in a good mood and you said you're in a good place, but I'm not right now. So I'm going to start like coming out of the gates real hot right now because I need your help. Okay. Shocking. Because I'm pretty pissed. So off. hot right now. I'm just. <laughs> I'm not an Ambi Turner, Andy. Okay. I'm. I'm not an Ambi Turner. Now I'm pretty pissed off about this goddamn neutral site crap. Okay. And <laughs> I. I want to talk about it. You maybe you can calm me down. <laughs> maybe you can talk me off the ledge. Maybe you can tell me that there are athletic directors who are working behind the scenes to solve this problem. But why are we playing like twelve rounds of playoffs? in the stupid neutral sites other than cronyism. Tell me it's something other than cronyism. It's mostly cronyism. 
Damn it. I, I hate to tell you that. Uh, now, here's the thing. There are six bowls that are signed up with the playoff through the 2025 season because the original playoff contract was 12 years. And they're trying to knock this thing out three years early. They may be stuck with those bowls for the first three years because they're under contract. And if I'm those bowls, I'm not letting my, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking less or I'm not letting myself out. Now, maybe they just cut them a check. I don't know. Or find some other way. It's incredibly stupid if you have a 12-team playoff and your quarterfinals are at a neutral site. It's incredibly stupid if you make your top four seeds, which are supposed to get the biggest advantage, go on the road to a neutral site. And I realize I just said go on the road to a neutral site, but here's the problem. They said you go to your traditional bowl site. What if Ohio State's the number one seed and they get sent to California to the Rose Bowl and their opponent is USC or Oregon or uh, Texas, which is also closer to California than Ohio. You're not helping me, Andy. Well, he's going to be mad all day now. You, but you're, you well, are suggesting a, it, that that at the end of the, f- I was the just three years that they could, there there could be an out in three years is what you're saying. Well, they may they may just do it anyway. I mean, that's the thing. This is college sports. There's never any rhyme or reason to it. They may just t- tell those bulls, look, we'll cut you a check. Leave us alone. So there's a glimmer of hope in that's in right. like what you think. I mean, if it, if it would change when those contracts were up uh, at the worst, so if, if you want to go total galaxy brain on this, this is something we've kicked around at the athletic with, with a few of us, they put this in there because they knew this would be the reaction by anybody with even a modicum of common sense that they'd be like, this is the stupidest thing I ever heard. And so, cause there, there are, people within the college sports machinery who don't actually talk to other human beings and don't know how the real <laughs> world actually feels. And so they're like, well, people love the bulls. Bulls are awesome. No one loves the bulls. It's a football game. If it appears on my television and has those two teams, I don't care what it's called or where it's played. I would prefer it be played on campus because that's a better, it's better imagery. It's more fun. It looks like everyone's having more fun. It's louder. Like there's a there's a home field advantage and, and a road team disadvantage. All of those things I like. I don't like sterile NFL stadiums. I can watch those on Sundays. How about uh, millions of dollars for local small businesses? Well, that's the thing. It's it's look. It's millions of dollars going to local small businesses instead of larger city small businesses. All politics are local, so it doesn't matter. I mean, the, the money you take out of Atlanta's pocket goes into to state college's pocket, and that's fine because Atlanta can book one more big convention, and they're good. I mean, talking about not, not really necessarily doing the best thing for the school or the sport just doesn't seem like it makes sense, this, you know, playing on neutral sites. But I, I, that's Yeah, that's why the, the whole galaxy brain thought is that this is so they can point to it and say, look how much everyone hates you, Bulls. Be glad we give you anything and shut up and go away. <laughs> take take your Indiana versus uh, Baylor, okay? Just take it and deal with it. Oh, Indiana versus Baylor might be a playoff game now, Braden. Come on. That, that, might, be a, that might be an 8-9 game before, before long. Andy, do you think, are you skeptical about what college, what this entire institution of college football is going to do to take care of the athlete? Are you worried about what that looks like? And 
if they do take care of the athlete, what does that look like? What do they need to do for the players? Not worried about it because they're, they're going to let them get money now. So you can come up like, that's the thing. They make the rules. They can make the rules however they want with this playoff. And if you make the rule that says, instead of a $400 Best Buy gift card, which is what we give you for going to a bowl game. Now we're going to give you 10 grand in cash. Players are going to be like, sounds good. Let's go. (laughs) Get I don't up. see players saying no to that. And do you yeah, think and, from a and physical you just call standpoint? It an appearance fee. Uh, from a physical standpoint, it is an issue. If you got to play 17 games, that's an issue. I but agree. It's also, you know, the, the player can choose to play that or not. You know, if you're an NFL bound player, you can opt out. I don't think any, you're going to see a lot of NFL bound players opting out of playoff games. I just don't. I don't you think know, so either because that just the, the, Format of the playoff makes it exciting. I think that's the hope is that it ends up something closer to March Madness or to Omaha than it is, you know, with these bowl games right now. I don't see why as an NFL bound player, well, you me, wouldn't opt out let, of a random bowl game, but you're not going to want to opt let out. Let me give you an example. Yeah. Let me give you an example here. Let's, let's take the Florida, Oklahoma Cotton Bowl. A lot of Florida's biggest stars opted out. If that's a playoff game, if that's Florida and Oklahoma in a first round playoff game, does Kyle Pitts play? Yes, he does. Does Kadarius Tony play? Yes, he does. So it's two first rounders that are suddenly back in the game now. And that's a big reason why they're doing this. This is, you know, I, this is not completely altruistic. This is certainly not all fan service, although I do think they, they did feel like it was a bit of an existential crisis, like that the sport had gotten an already top heavy sport had gotten even more top heavy and was got, had gotten kind of boring. That piece of it, the, the opt-out piece, I think they solve it with this. And if look, if guys opt out of the playoff, okay, I, I, I'm wrong then. But I don't think they will. I, I, think, I think the NFL probably would judge that fairly harshly. And I know people are going to say, well, Panay Sewell opted out and uh, all these other people opted out this, this season. That was different. Their league couldn't even decide whether to play or not. You know, in, in the case of like the Stanford guys, David Shaw was like, Listen, I don't know if we can practice on campus. Or you go ahead and train for the draft. It's fine. So I, I, I think I don't think we should con- compare the pandemic year with what a normal year would be like. I'm curious how we evaluate coaches. Is that going to change? Because it's sort of like recruiting. You can't really put any of it back in the bottle. Uh, the calendar on recruiting is so fast, and it's never going to go back the other direction. Same thing with like sort of the timeline on evaluating coaches. However, you know, Dan Mullen would have four playoff appearances right now with two separate schools if the playoff had happened, you know, as a, as a 12 team playoff since 2014. And so you're saying he'd, he'd, he'd be making $7.5 million a year at a pretty good school like he is now. Well, I started with him. I was going to go with, would we have evaluated Hugh freeze differently? If he had two playoff appearances on his resume at Ole Miss, would it have been harder to fire him? Gus Malzahn would have a nope. <laughs> Freeze made it pretty easy. I'm just saying, Gus yeah. Malzahn. Gus Malzahn. They didn't want to co- fire Hugh. And remember, they protected Hugh through the NCAA <laughs> investigation. They did not want to fire him. But so, Malzahn, you're right, Braden. Malzahn's but, a better example. No, I, Gus, I think Gus, Gus has is had a fired. couple. Jim Harbaugh's got a couple. I'm just curious. Like, uh, it's Jim worth Harbaugh asking may the not have his. Yeah, Jim Harbaugh may not have, have his salary cut in half. That that may be the the one that that's different. But Gus, I think, still gets fired. Because Auburn expects national championships. Auburn doesn't expect, like you go to, because uh, here's the thing: people aren't stupid. Like they know that uh, that getting in as a ten seed in a twelve a twelve team playoff is not 
you wouldn't have made the fourteen playoff. So the goalposts will be moved accordingly. Like at places where they expect national titles, simply making the playoff won't be good enough. At places where conference titles are impossible, making the playoff may guarantee you ten years of security. But that's kind of like making a New Year's Six bowl. Do you think and Kirk Kirk Ferentz keeps getting those extensions? Fringe Element is brought to you by Jaspers. Hmm. Just Jaspers. That's might that might be good enough. <laughs> she's, she's still thinking. I literally <laughs> should, the, I start the, should I start the ad now? Like, should I start talking can, can, about the okay, free parking yeah. lot? Yeah, just like, like drop, yeah, drop me, like, yeah, do that, and then drop me back into that place. Okay, okay. so there's okay. free, so there's free parking at Jasper's, which is real and awesome. Uh, there is a great menu at Jasper's, uh, put together by Deb Paquette and her staff, which is a great chef here in Nashville. Uh, they have a wonderful happy hour that puts all other happy hours to shame because it's like a legitimate happy hour that actually makes you happy and gives you a nice discount on the food and the drinks. Um, they got all kinds of, you know, four to 6 PM regular happy hour. Then they got a weekly rundown from 6, 6 PM to close, which is like another great happy hour. So they have multiple happy hours. It's a great place to watch the game. All kinds of cool stuff. Fringe element is brought to you by Jasper's the economy sized AC unit. When you're just, Chilling in Arizona. Wow. I'm getting so bad at that these. One, that one's pretty bad. That one was pretty bad, but equally funny. It's just as funny. This, can we, I honestly economy, feel like, you know how people need to get size AC unit when you're chilling in Arizona. That's the, pretty meta. I, pretty meta. I, what's happening, Braden? And let me tell you what's happening. <laughs> okay, please. <laughs> Is, you know how people take, you have vacation days for a reason, right? You're at work and you have vacation days because your boss looks at you or you look at yourself and you're like, I'm not flourishing like I once was. Got it. I need to take a break. I need to reset. I need to come back better. Okay. And I I think I might need a one-week hiatus from the Jasper tagline so I can come back bigger and better than ever. I don't want to let people down. I don't want to cry right now either, but I just feel like I've been letting people down. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person. All right. Win one for the Gipper. That's pretty big. That's pretty good speech there. I like Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Um, that's what I need. Okay. Well, you, you, I'm not your boss, but you can have it. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. Um, Should we go to Jasper's on, but I still want to go to Jasper's on Thursday. Why not? Why wouldn't we go to Jasper's on Thursday? Maybe it'll re-inspire. It'll reignite the light. Just get the fuse going again. Yeah. The pilot light is out for you is what you're suggesting. It's not, it's never out, but some, but today is dim and it's not, has nothing to do with Jasper. It's not Jasper's. It's me. Jasper. (laughs) There's your tagline. Our, our pilot light is never out. It's just sometimes dim, but it's not our fault. It's your fault. See, thank you for picking up the slack when I'm clearly failing. No, you're not failing. It's quite funny and quite entertaining. Whether you succeed or fail, I think we all enjoy it. And and that's what really matters here for, for to be to work with us, Jaspers. It's mostly just about watching Aaron do funny things. That's what it's about. You know? Maybe somebody who 
rate reviews and subscribes and or tweets at us can give us an uh, fill in the blank this week for us. What is their most random Jasper's tagline that we have not yet heard? Please tweet it at us and help I, me I reignite actually, my light. I, I, I actually really like this idea. Tweet us the most obscure taglines you can come up with for Jasper's and we will use them on the show and then give you credit. And maybe, maybe I've got some, uh, I've got some, some free stuff from Jasper sitting around the house here. I might start passing out some free stuff to people. If they start tweeting us some taglines that are good enough to use on the show Holding out on all of us, what kind of free shit do you have at the house? Just got some free stuff for people, you know, free stuff, you know? Yeah, no, I love that. Okay. Go to now Jasper's. My brain's just trying to cycle through Jasper's taglines. Yeah. Go to Jasper's where the drinks are strong, but the relationships are stronger. See, there you go. Just go, just tone it down. See, go Sim- back. Simplify. Go back then, to the beginning. There you go. go back Sim- to your roots. You go, go back to your freshwater cactus roots and just live there until you feel strong enough to sprout back out of the soil. God, you're like a Disney movie. All right. <laughs> we should definitely move on, please, for the love of God. Go to Jasper's. Does the best team actually still win, Andy? And is that the point? Because I would say with March Madness and more so with March Madness than anything, you know, it's not necessarily the best team that wins. It's the longevity. I understand that the nature of the sport is different. You can do things in basketball and kind of have those Cinderella stories that you can't with the sport that's as physical as football. Omaha is also, you know, there's a little bit more chance and luck to it, I think. Is the right. is the point of this? A couple hot two- pitchers, yeah. Right. Is there is the point of this really to win? Is it for the best team still to win? Is it to gauge interest? What is what is the point of of this or what do we get out of this, I guess? We get Maximus lifting his arms to the Coliseum saying, are you not entertained? That's the whole point. It's that, that's what people don't seem to understand about this. This is the entertainment business like they're selling tickets to stuff. They can say all they want about it being some noble pursuit and attached to educate. You are selling tickets. You are selling the broadcast to television networks. You are in the entertainment business. So entertain us. And these games, I would think, would would entertain us more than the bowl games at the bottom of the playoff now or that are underneath the playoff, that are not part of the playoff, but right underneath it. And that's the difference is you put some stakes in those games, uh, hopefully – rare steak, maybe, maybe even medium rare, but not any more than that. Uh, but yeah, you, you give, <laughs> give those games some stakes. You give, you know, people motivation t- throughout November who aren't just the seven teams that are capable of making the playoff. And, and, you know, that's the thing there, there's gotta be a reason to keep going or, or a reason for all of us to care. You know, Penn state's a good example. They would have made the playoff four times. They would have been out of it or they have been out of it kind of after the Ohio state game in most of those years, other than 16, when they beat Ohio state still didn't get in. So for them, their fans still care about those games, but to the rest of us, well, now we probably care about their games in November. If they're sitting there potentially going 10 and two, if they're nine, let's say they go into that last game, you know, a lot of times they play Michigan State at the end of the year. If Penn State is going into the Michigan State game at nine and two, and Michigan State's pretty good this year, that game is going to be watched by all of all of the country because it probably decides a playoff berth. And 
I think that's the thing that people are, are, are forgetting is you're, you're, you're going to get more of those games that decide the playoff berth. Uh, when they do the first playoff rankings in November, everybody in that top 25 has a chance to make the playoff. And that certainly isn't the case normally. I mean, I think Ohio state in 2014 jumped from like 16 in the first one to four. Yeah. But for the most part, it just goes, you know, the, the top, top six or seven are the ones that have a chance. And that just, it's, it's anticlimactic. It, it takes the air out of November for most schools. And especially when it's the same ones over and over again, when it's, when you know, it's going to be Alabama, you know, it's going to be Clemson. And then some combination of Ohio state, Oklahoma, or Georgia, or Notre Dame, like that's it. I just named in, in, you know, most years, that's the playoff field is going to come from that group. And that sucks if you're a Wisconsin fan or a Penn State fan or a USC fan or an Oregon fan or a Texas fan. That's just no fun. Yeah, 22 out of 28 spots have gone to five teams. Um, and I think that's what people ask. When they ask the question, well, it's going to do – and I get this from a lot of older friends and family around me. Like, oh, but I, I heard you talking about the playoff and the regular season. I, I disagree. It's going to devalue the regular season. I go – well, it, it might take a tiny bit off the top of. Can the I Georgia. can I tell you who those people are, Brayden? Do you, you, well, don't insult my in laws. You know who those people? Okay, <laughs> I they're I'm related to job. them too. It's okay. Yeah, we're we're all related to them. <laughs> These are people who thought it was great when all the good postseason games came on at the same time on January first. <laughs> they're suckers. Yeah. They don't understand. You could watch all those games separately. Yeah, like you don't have to choose anymore. Like you are, these are people who are afraid of having Netflix and Amazon prime and Hulu. Like they don't understand. I just want my, for my 35 channels. No, stop being afraid of it. Enjoy it. Oh man. It's funny. Like I, I, could you argue that just a tiny bit of juice was removed from Georgia Clemson? If there was a 12 team playoff, I, I would say no because there's no there's no juice in Georgia Clemson anyway. I, I, as like, far as right. that goes, well, and they're not going to play. I can any make you a case hard, you know, yeah. but, but 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 the I point is is that you case got, for either team if they win or lose to make the 14 playoff. Right, but but the point is is college football used to be about eight to ten of those a, a year, right? We had eight to ten yeah. of those a year. You just named one, Penn State, Ohio State. We got six to ten, whatever of those per year that are just these monumental that are going to decide the playoff. And, but here, here's and the they, problem, Brady. Great. Now like we've got when, 50 when Penn State of them, beats though. Ohio State, and that doesn't get them in the playoff. That pisses people off. Right. But but now we have 50 of those games. Now, yeah. now we now 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 six and one Kentucky versus you know five and one Missouri in the at the Insane. end of at the end of October is going to be hugely important. Yeah. Boy, the Tennessee fans hearing this are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean? Six and one Kentucky and five. And one? I don't want to hear this. <laughs> don't suck anymore. You know, like then don't suck anymore. Um, <laughs> how, how important was Greg Sankey in pushing this from eight to 12? I, I think he's the key. I, I think he's the guy who did it. And it, it really came down to what the sec needed versus what everybody else needed. And they needed two different things. And that's why it worked out the way it did. You know, if you're the, the PAC 12, the big 12, you need those automatic bids. You know, you've been left out enough that you've suffered the existential damage of being left out. The sec is never going to get left out of the 14 playoff, or maybe they would once, but 
they can really benefit the bigger it gets. And so, you know, the SEC I, and, and Greg Sankey put this well. He didn't want fewer at-larges than there are now. And there's four at-larges now. You know, there's, there's no automatic bids in the 14 playoffs. So there's essentially four at-larges. So his thing was, it has, it, you can have your automatic bids if that is what it's going to take. But we need more at-larges. And so the compromise they struck is the top six conference champs get to get in, which I think is a, a very elegant compromise for a couple different reasons. And then you have six at-larges. And in the, the, I don't think Greg Sankey's thinking this way, but your, your, your quintessential SEC homer is thinking this way. And, and we're all, you and I, Braden, and I are, we're related to these people too. That means we can get seven in. <laughs> in theory in in theory yes the i i have a question for you andy about diversification of talent because i Braden and i talked a lot about this and i do think that this format maybe potentially helps spread out talent a little bit just to with name image and likeness coming to be a thing with you know maybe you make more money as a you know a starter at Wisconsin and you do as a third string talent at Alabama because you're more marketable in your community or whatever. What does this playoff situation do for diversification of talent? Does it help? And also on top of that, does it spread any talent away from the SEC? I think I know your answer to this, but does it well, spread I, I talent out away does. from the conference? I don't know about the, the SEC. I, I think it would just spread it within the SEC. That's what I think. If, you know, if it, if it goes the way I think, I, I think it will, but here's the thing. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go and nobody else does either. I've, I've talked to a bunch of ADs about this in the last few weeks. I don't know how NIL is going to affect things one way or the other. I think everything we talk about is purely theoretical right now. You know, I, I common sense tells me that being the best player at Arkansas is worth more money than being the 45th player, best player at Alabama. But I'm not sure if that's true. And also, if, if the 45th best player at Alabama is a freshman right now who is going to work his way into becoming a first round draft pick because he's practicing against other really good players at Alabama by the end of year three or year four, he's probably still going to make more money at Alabama because he's going to come a first round draft pick. And that's not to say you can become a first round draft pick at Arkansas. You can become a first round draft pick at, at Boston college. I talked to their AD the other day, Pat Kraft, and you know, he can point to the wall and say, Look at Luke Keekley. Look at Matt Ryan. These this school creates can create first rounders. Um, what he can't do is point to a playoff banner. And maybe he could now. And and that this is the part that, that I'm curious about. Does because I don't it's not going to keep Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Georgia from dominating and recruiting. But does it get one one away from them to I don't know to you want to, to tell Florida? You to a Penn State. Let me tell you who they are. It's it's Sam Howell. It's Jaden Daniels. It's Brock Purdy. The, those three much. guys. Those three guys could have gone to Bama, Ohio State, and USC, but they went to Arizona State, Iowa State, and North Carolina. And now look at those. D- three Dylan G- Dylan Gabriel is 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 probably your only other example of that. He could have gone to USC or Georgia. Right, and and those. What you're hoping for is, and this this also is kind of my my, my last question for you here, which is. Like we remember, we remember those teams, the Loyola Chicago's and the George Masons that go to the final four. We remember teams that go to Omaha and, and all you're looking for out of this 
is to trick the country into thinking that everyone's got a chance, right? And what you're looking for is if Iowa State gets into the playoff one time or Missouri gets into the playoff one time and they're a, they're a 10 seed, but they pull an upset on a seven seed, that, that, team, oh, will co- that team will come legends. back to... They will come back to campus and be celebrated every single year. They will have anniversaries and banners. Yep. And the idea is, is that that one thing over time across 35 or 40 schools maybe peels off one or two recruits from Ohio State, one or two from Alabama, yep. one or two from Georgia. And that's all you're that's all you're really looking for out of this. Well, and then think about it. If, if it works that way, and even if it's not Iowa State, even if it's Penn State, taking one away from Ohio state or Florida, taking one away from Alabama. If that happens at a couple different places, let's say, let's say Florida gets one away from Alabama and LSU gets one away from Alabama and Auburn gets one away from Alabama. What's three that Alabama would have had that they don't know. Like that, that, that does make a difference over time. Aaron, you got anything else? I don't know. I feel I'm enlightened. I like (laughs) this conversation. When, Andy, do you expect this to be actually in, implemented and the year where we have a 12-team playoff that we're, we're tracking at the start of the season? I'd say 2023. I know there, there are some commissioners out there who say, well, you got to go through the whole contract and then put it up for bids. I'm telling you right now, there's no way those people would have put out a press release telling us about a 12-team playoff and how it's going to work <laughs> if they didn't plan on doing it as soon as humanly possible. Because... People will, if, if they come out in September and say, yeah, that thing we told you about, we're going to start in five years, there will be riots. Mm-hmm. They can't possibly be that stupid. I don't, I, I refuse to believe it. And, and their athletic departments need the money. That too. <laughs> and that's, that's the other big thing is there is buku bucks in this. And, you know, here's the thing. ESPN is highly motivated to get this done so that they can do it in 2023 because ESPN is happy to pay them more money, tack on some extra years to the end of the contract, and they have them locked down this very valuable property and it never goes to the open market. And that's that's important to ESPN because let's remember, you know, you can get ESPN through your cable provider, through your satellite provider, through YouTube TV or Sling or Hulu TV, the, all those places. Who's to say that in 2023... ESPN isn't a product that is either sold directly to you as ESPN plus or sold directly to you as part of Disney plus. Uh, we, we got the blues at our house. No question about that. You can't have kids. And well, have that, the blues. That's, that's exactly right. So if, if you got Disney plus like, and, and it was, well, how do you, how, how are they going to handle that, that, that amount of crowd trying to stream a playoff game? Yeah. Not an issue. They can handle the Mandalorian. They can handle that. Yeah. It's yeah. a good point. I think it's important. I mean, I, not this isn't really a question, but I just think it is important, Andy, what you said about this reminding people this is entertainment, which it's okay. We all, if you really look inward or look at it at all, that's really what it is. The are you not entertained thing? And that's okay. But as long as, you know, everyone involved is being kept in mind, especially with the players and how that affects them throughout the whole thing, it's okay for it to be entertainment. It just can't solely be that with no regard to anything well, you, else. So you I think you made to a good point the, with that. The, the players are people, you know, and that's, that's one thing that, that what? I think people tend to forget <laughs> with all of the forms yes, of, of entertainment that they consume, whether they're pro players or actors or singers or whatever, those are human beings. And especially in, in the college football game, those are human beings who've 
you know, kind of been jerked around over the decades. They're starting to get more freedoms, the kind that, you know, everybody else has, has basically enjoyed in every other industry. So I do think things will be a little more, we've now seen things tilt in their favor. They can transfer and play right away. They're going to be able to make some money. I think it's going to be a much more fair system. And I find it very interesting because, you know, I wrote about a lot of this stuff 10 years ago. I wrote a column in, in 2011 saying, basically laying out exactly what's going to happen starting July 1st, where you, the colleges give players scholarships and then the players can take money from whoever they want. And it's, it's common sense. When I wrote it in 2011, people acted like I was insane, but that's what's going to happen because that's what was always going to happen. That's the thing that makes the most sense. It's actually the best deal for everybody. And, and what, I, what I find interesting now is you get all these people saying, well, it's not enough. They got to do more. They got to do more. Okay, but let's recognize that they have come a long way. And did they have to be dragged and, you know, drag kicking and screaming through federal court to get there? Yes, they did. They certainly are not doing it out of the kindness of their own heart. So keep pressure on them. Don't let them slide back into to doing what they've been doing. But yeah, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a more fair system for everybody. And if there can be some extra playoff games and there's some extra money and some of that money may go to the players, that that's wonderful. But yeah, that becomes a much easier product to consume if you like to be entertained. If everybody's, you know, everybody's happy. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. Previewing the weekend of games is going to be so much more fun in November than it, than it used to be. Uh, Oh my gosh. Can you, can you imagine like, dude, it's like 15 games. It's going to be 20 games. Some years looking at those slates, you're just like, Oh, (laughs) because there'd be one game, you know, in November that would come out of the blue and shock everybody. But, I think it was Florida LSU this year, which was in December, but that was when November normally would be. Right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm ready for that. I, I am ready for games across every league, really. And, and I do mean every league. I mentioned the, that, that top six conference champs solution being very elegant for two reasons. One, it keeps the random seven and five division champ who wins a fluky conference championship game, keeps them out of the playoff. But also – guarantees one group of five team, but it could, I mean, there could be five group of five champions in there. Stop it's it. not going to happen, <laughs> but theoretically there could, but, no but that, but, but think about, you know, if you have an undefeated UCF and an undefeated Cincinnati playing each other and over in the mountain West Boise state's undefeated and, and San Diego state's got one loss. I mean, that makes things really interesting. There are two Sunbelt teams ranked in our Athlon sports preseason top 25 for the first time in history this year. So there, there you have it. Sunbelt. Two Sunbelt teams and, in the top 25. And one of them is not Appalachian State. I know. That's I know, the craziest crazy. part. <laughs> Andy Staples from The Athletic, of course. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for giving us so much of your time. And uh, Thanks, Andy. I, I think you calmed me down. I'm not sure. We'll see. So No, I, I didn't calm you down on that because I'm just as mad as you. If you can figure out how to calm Braden down in general, please let me know. You, you I've known Braden for a long time, and <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever figured that out or, or anybody's going to figure that out. Uh, would you like to either of you want to watch my children for the weekend? That would do the job. <laughs> I think I'd be good to uh, go. Yeah, I think I could do it. They could, they could play with mine, which would free. This is, this is what non-parents don't understand. Like when, when somebody calls and says, Hey, uh, you want to send your kids over to my house? They're not doing you a favor. They're doing themselves a favor. <laughs> yep. I, I agree. Mine are not quite there yet, but they're close. They're close. Uh, Andy, always a pleasure, man. I'll see you guys. 
All right, that was Andy Staples of The Athletic. Always love uh, getting to talk with him. Sort of like our old old, old radio show there for a minute. Um, I know, Aaron, you had a, a comment. There's plenty of great stuff there from Andy to comment on if you like. But I know you had a, a, uh, a quick follow-up. And it's funny that you, you know, after we got done taping the interview, you said, man, I wanted to, I want to touch on one thing that we didn't cover with Andy, that, but he made me think about it. And I actually had thought about the exact same thing right in the middle of the interview at the exact same time. So uh, you brought it up, though. I'll give you credit. And it, it was, it was, you're absolutely right that this is an important note. What we were talking about or what I mentioned was just the monetary, you know, we're talking about distribution of talent and is it going to balance things out? And, you know, the monetary gain of going somewhere, you know, does the playoff bring more recognition to a larger amount of schools? Does it keep excitement up? Does it allow those student athletes who, you know, are going through the recruiting process to consider a larger pool of schools that they may go to because they understand that there's money there? Um, and we had the conversation of, you know, do you want to be third string at Alabama? Are you marketable like that? Do you want to be first string at Wisconsin or, you know, another school, Arkansas, Arkansas. Um, and my argument there is that I think as we go through this process or see these changes, and I'm not exactly sure what will happen, maybe from an outside perspective, if you see kids, picking schools based on, you know, the fact that it's a little bit smaller where they think that they can get money quicker. Um, just keeping in mind that that might not just be being 17 and wanting immediate gratification or things to pay off for you right now. And it might not be the fact that you can't see that going and playing under, you know, Heisman contenders at Ohio State and Alabama. It's not that you don't recognize the value in that, but it may actually be that kids 17 or not are coming from situations that their family or their the people they care about require money now. A lot of these kids coming out of situations, I mean, I'm from Memphis, there's places like this all around the country that this is their only way out. So maybe kids start to make monetary decisions based more on the immediacy of that. Um, and sometimes that may come at the cost of, you know, playing under the best of the best, but this is, this is real and has a lot of consequences for a lot of kids coming from pretty destitute situations. So I don't know, it wasn't a question. It was just a topic. I think we both thought of that and yeah. why that's happening and, and just keeping it in mind. Yeah, no, I, I thought that too when I heard him say, well, your earnings potential might go up if you waited for it at Alabama. For and he, and he mentioned two different reasons. One, eventually you could be starting at Alabama, which is probably more valuable than starting at Missouri or Kentucky or Arkansas. But also, you know, practicing every day at Alabama maybe makes you better prepared for the NFL and maybe you have a higher earnings potential that way. I, I would argue that if you're good enough to start at safety in the NFL, it doesn't really matter where you go. You're going to get to the league. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. Does it, does starting at Alabama help prepare you faster? Maybe there's probably no question about that. Or but, where you go when draft time comes around. Maybe. Right. I, I, yeah. And so maybe that there is a bigger paycheck right away in the NFL. Maybe you have to earn your way. Cause you're a third or fourth round pick. I, I don't know about all that. There there's, but I, but, but my immediate thought when he was talking about that was, well, you know, not every kid's going to wait two and a half years for their paycheck if they can get it right out of high school. Now you have to be good enough to yeah. go start as a freshman. And even at places like Arkansas or Tennessee or, you know, these quote unquote middle to lower tier SEC schools, 
still hard to start as a freshman. Like it's still hard to be for worth, sure. Still hard to be worth money as a freshman. So, but uh, as a highly touted recruit, maybe just the excitement sure. of you coming in, whether or not we see you a lot on the field, could equate to marketing dollars. And although uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe not. I think as the recruiting process comes through and you like see like, oh, we got a four or five star recruit. Maybe that's a very short lived marketing life of that year, but there may be some dollars there. I don't know. But also when you're thinking about your nephew, when you're thinking field, you'll be worth money to your local economy. But you don't think someone like Darius Garland could have been worth money. That's totally different. I know, but it's, but is it? Yes, basketball. Basketball. When you are a five-star recruit, you because you you will play because you're almost already a lottery pick, and you're going to play right away. Right. It's very different in football. In football, you could be the best recruit ever in the history of offensive tackles at Arkansas. We still won't see you. You might not play for two years. So right. Yeah, I guess the point. You're right, and the and the point I guess remains is if you really humanize, and Andy talks about this too. Like, just remember, these kids are humans. When you're thinking about you know, I really need to make it in the NFL and a, that's still, it's still not an option for a lot of these guys. Like I got to make it, but you're also thinking about buying cleats for your nephew who plays pop Warner football. And if he doesn't have me, didn't get to play. So just putting yourself back in these situations of understanding where kids are coming from and, you know, we'll see it all play out, but. And, and not every kid is doing it out of the goodness of their heart to help people there will be some kids that might take money because they just are 17 and they want money. So 100%. There is that part of this too. It's all worth considering is I think what we're saying. Yeah. Just thinking about it, not making any deductive or decision, but just thinking all of it's worth thinking about. There's no question about it. The fact that there are dollars on the table for athletes to think about is a sign of progress. Right. That's, that is the damn truth. At least we get to even consider or talk about that. All right. Um, I saw you this weekend. Let me try to explain to people how, <laughs> how I saw you this weekend. Okay. So I walk into Hawkins Field, Vanderbilt, West End, Nashville, Tennessee for Super Regional game number two, Vanderbilt against East Carolina, one win to go to Omaha. And I walk in and literally the first person I see is Aaron Dugan in like, uh, what would you call your like you were like in a polo and some shorts and like a hat, but it was like athletic. It wasn't like I'm going to the park for a nice picnic and relaxing. It was oh, like, no, I'm, it's like game day yeah, work yeah. gear. It was work gear for sure. You're, you got like all kinds of contraptions like strewn all about and you're carrying a camera that actually turned into like 10 times the size later in the game when I saw you switch cameras. Yeah. You were working the game, and it was the hottest baseball game I have been to at Vanderbilt in June ever. I've been going for 14 years. It's the hottest baseball game I've been to in Nashville. We, you and I had this conversation. It's the hottest baseball game I think either of us have been to in this city in our lives. Yes, 100%. And Vanderbilt wins. They go on to the Super – they go on to Omaha, which is really cool for 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 Corbin and, and uh, your alma mater, which is big congrats there to Vandy. Uh, did did some of your equipment stop working? Like, can you explain what a day is like for you in a hundred and five degree temperature <laughs> at a at a big cement ballpark in the middle of the South in the in the humidity in June? Uh, no, it's really funny that I ran into you. I mean, I was bound, I guess, to run into you with how much I was running around the stadium. But in that moment, because yes, it's extremely hot. I had an RF 
pack, like a, a radio frequency pack attached to me. Like it kind of looks like I, I don't watch a lot of TV or movies. So I know there's a name for it, but like, I don't think stormtroopers is right, but it's like <laughs> from shoulder to waist, like diagonally connected like to Chewba- me. It is like Chewbacca's uh, pet. Okay. So that wasn't totally wrong. What I said. Uh, close. Okay. Close I had this, a smaller, like very high quality, like just DSLR camera connected to it. Long story short, the camera starts to overheat. It's that hot. The camera's overheating. It's shutting off the pack, shutting off. I'm running around getting fan shots and, and taking different kind of like artistic angles that they were using for the video board and for SEC or for ESPN that day. It's all kind of interconnected. So what you're shooting is on ESPN and your ability to communicate and use your camera stopped working because of the heat. Yes, that's all of that's correct. So when I saw you, I was just frantic. So I see him. I'm like, Hey, Braden, good to see you. Sorry. I'd run back, get another camera, come out with like a 60, 50, 60 pound, huge camera, which Braden, you look at me and you're like, wait, that's not the camera you had before. I was like, no, that one overheated long story short, the huge one that I had that we always use for outdoor games also overheated with two strikes and two outs in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth as well. But I mean, there's a bunch of cameras there, so it didn't matter, but it was extremely hot. This is a hot, this is a hot game. I mean, the air is not moving. You're looking at me like, why did I wear linen? Braden's in like, you know, if if you're going to take polyester head to toe, baby, like a young, like a young dad in all polyester. If he like took a, a Hawaii vacation, Braden's in that outfit. I thought it was very fashionable for, for a man my age. It was fashionable, but the cameras that stay in place, like the one that's behind first, on either side of, um, sorry, behind home on either side of first and third. And then there's two in the outfield that get the pitcher and the batter. There's one low. And then there's one that they actually put in a lift that like lifts up above that camera in the outfield. It gets a high angle of that. Those are pretty much always working. There's cameras in the dugouts that are the ones that move around. I've never had one overheat. I'll, I'll say that. That's the only game I've ever had one overheat. So long-winded way. It was extremely hot, but a a fun, very packed out game. Yeah, it was an awesome atmosphere. And I will say this, um, just as like a side note to sports fans, including SEC football fans, uh, like after a year and a half of what we've all been through and the amount of time we all spend staring at screens, actually everyone claims it like brings us together. This is a little philosophical here. I'm sorry. But I, I noticed, like it. but I noticed it when uh, when your boy hit the two-run single to give Vanderbilt the lead sort of permanently in the fifth mm-hmm. inning. Shortstop. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Carter. Um, Carter, yeah. Young. And, and um, I, I just, the whole place goes absolutely nuts. And even though I am sweating from the, the, the back of my head all the way to the, the bottoms of my feet, every ounce of me, every inch of me is covered in sweat. I still got the chills when when he hits when he hits that when he ropes that single and 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 a, a zero zero game all of a sudden the home team's got a two nothing lead and I'm thinking to myself like after all this time not around people not in groups not in big settings with other uh, you know other like minded people like the phone is supposed to bring us together what the phone does is screens take us apart from each other. The only Agreed. way you can truly experience things together is like sporting events. Like how many other places like Death Valley and LSU, like how many other places do a hundred thousand people 
experience something at the same time, in the same moment, in the same way, through their eyes and ears. And sporting events do that. And I know Hawkins Field isn't 100,000 people. It's like 4,000 people. But they all went batshit crazy at the exact same time together because they were all watching the same thing. Not their phones. They were all just enjoying what they were watching. And they celebrated together. And it's, it's a just, good rant, Braden. It's just one of those things. Like maybe like like a concert would do that for people. Even then, still people are staring through their phones. But like, I don't know though. Not really. It doesn't. You don't rally around it like you do. It's just and- different, man. It's just different. I know people are like anti-sports, but like no, they're talk about a communal experience. What in what in our country gives you a communal experience like sports does right now? And there's still two, there's still two sides to a sporting event. There's still two teams, but there's not a lot of things going off of your inspiring rant, which I'm not being sarcastic. I actually, that's all of that's true is even though there are two different, you know, hopeful outcomes for two different, two different sets of people, there's still a respect factor, which we have not experienced a lot lately either, that there's kind of still two sides to a sporting event and there's passion on both sides, but you don't leave like particularly mad at each other directly. I want you to re- repeat that after Tennessee and Vanderbilt play for the national championship. Oh yeah, no, fuck Tennessee. You, you still, <laughs> I'm just you kidding. still feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I'm serious. Like I have no rooting interest for Vanderbilt at all, but I, I stood up, like I was standing there, you know, the, the crowd's on his feet for like, you know, Jack lighters to finish the seventh inning and he strikes somebody out and the whole place goes crazy. And you're just like, Oh shit. This is what this feels like. I forgot. I know, we forgot. I know we forgot. It's it feels cool, good though. Cool. I know. I have the chills right now. See, that's actually. what I do. That's what I do. Uh, oh, my, alma, okay. my alma mater is going to the College World Series as well. So is mine, and so are we. Oh, so we are. are we. Oh, we are. I would like to. I already looked at flights. I would not. You don't want to go? Not really. Not really. What's wrong with you? Do you like? Do you need to talk about it? I, I'm not feeling well. You're right. <laughs> he's brain doesn't feel good right now. He doesn't have the vid because he's fully vaccinated, but he no, might have worked himself into exhaustion. Right. Which I, I I'll want... lecture him about as soon as we stop recording or now. So Father's Day is going to be this weekend, I think. And my my wife's like, and daughters, we were at dinner last night and they were like, not at dinner, at our house at dinner. And they were like, well, you know, what do you want? And my oldest daughter's like, well, we could draw a picture. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That'd be, that'd be great. My youngest daughter doesn't even have any clues. She's just like, I want chocolate. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and, and I vibe and, with her. And, and Haley's like, well, what do you want? I was like, um, I'd like to play golf and not talk to anyone. Like, that's what I want. Don't, don't, don't ask me a question. Don't ask me to get anything for you. Don't ask me to fill up your water cup. Don't ask me to cut your chicken wing. I don't just don't ask me to do anything. That's all I want. And going to Omaha sounds so exhausting right now, but it's so much fun. So you guys should go. I just need a break from life. It's not right now. You just don't feel good. So why don't you get yourself Ah. feeling a little better and try to sleep and then I'll spring this back on you. Okay. Sounds good. Go to Jasper's everybody as well. Special thanks to Andy Staples for joining us today uh, on the program. Jasper's is Jasper's the automatic buy to your eternal satisfaction. (laughs) That's not bad. See, you're back. I'm back. And she's yeah. back, ladies and gentlemen. Just like that. <laughs> one, one three and a half minute rant about putting your damn phone down and she's back. I like it's it. It's been a long climb. It was a long fall as well, but here we are. Here the we pilot, lie. The pilot light is back on, folks. All right.
You uh, need you need to go to the doctor now. <laughs> Jasper's has got great food. It's got a great parking lot. It's got a great patio. It's got a great private dining room. It's got a great happy hour. It's got a great chef. I, I don't know. Basically, everything is awesome at Jasper's. So we'll see you it. Thursday if Braden fixes his, himself before then. What is it about well, Thursday? Sorry, today. Go? This is is coming out Thursday. Oh, Thursday. Today. We'll see you tonight. Burgers and, and beers for $10, right? Because I haven't been to that special yet. And if you're feeling back on your A game, I'll go. Okay. Otherwise, we'll go the following Thursday. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, All right. Go to Jasper's. Where can people follow you, Aaron? Um, the Aaron Dugan on the Twitter, Twitter sphere and um, Aaron underscore Dugan on Insta. You can follow me at Braden Gall at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook at 440 Media on Instagram as well. Thank you guys all for listening. For Andy Staples, her name's Aaron Dugan. My name's Braden Gall. This has been the Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network. It's longer than we meant for it to be, wasn't it?